This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Hello everybody and welcome along to the post-game podcast with me, Patrick Smith, after Liverpool round off their Champions League group stage with a 2-0 win over Napoli. Napoli are currently flying at the top of Serie A and were unbeaten this season both domestically and had won every game in Europe until tonight when goals from Darwin Nunes and Mohamed Salah secured a huge win for the Reds who will progress second in their group. Whilst it's been a subpar season for Liverpool so far, in the space of a fortnight they've secured wins over Europe's two best sides at the moment in Manchester City and Napoli so there's plenty of reason for optimism. Let's react to tonight's performance with all the major talking points, with the Liverpool Echo's Paul Gorse from the Anfield Press Box, Jürgen Klopp's press conference and plenty of fan reaction. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Liverpool signed off from the Champions League group stage with a 2-0 win here against Napoli this evening, uh, avenging the 4-1 defeat in Naples back in early September. Um, in all honesty, most of the game was played like two teams who knew that their passage was already secure. Uh, there wasn't too many um, guilt edge chances for either side. Thiago Alcantara probably coming closest for Liverpool in the first half. Napoli not really having too much down the other end with Alisson Becker in goal for Liverpool. Um, but uh, Leo Ostergaard thought that he'd scored for, uh, for Napoli around about 10 minutes into the second half. After a lengthy VAR check, that was eventually ruled out. And it was looking like the game was heading for a nil-nil draw with both teams happy to settle for a subdued point and look ahead to the last 16 draw on November the 7th. But with 20 minutes to go, the game changed entirely as Darwin Nunes come off the bench for Curtis Jones and the Uruguayan got his head to a corner. It was kind of palmed away by Napoli goalkeeper Alex Murray and Mohamed Salah followed her up and the goal has officially been credited to Salah. Nunes might feel it harsh. That's the replay again to see if it was over the line or not, but either way, it's gone down as a Salah goal, and that's his 41st for Liverpool in Europe. He equals Steven Gerrard's record, and uh, next time he finds the back of the net, he will be Liverpool's all-time leading scorer in European football, which shows you quite uh, the impact that he's had since he came to the club in uh, 2017, an absolute world-class performer. Not quite at the peak of his powers, but certainly not far from them. Of late, he seems to be back in the goals, doesn't he, and he will likely once again finished this season as Liverpool's top scorer but he's got some competition from uh, from Nunes at the moment, he scored with virtually the last kick of the game to make it 2-0 and that's his uh, seventh in all competitions since joining from Benfica in the summer, um, perhaps starting to change what has been a little bit of a cruel narrative at times, a little bit of a parody um, and hot takes centred around the Uruguay striker for whatever reason but He's um, kind of making them fall on deaf ears the more that he kind of gets used to this Liverpool team. He's now up to seven in all competitions, as we say, and looks like someone who's going to be scoring goals for Liverpool uh, for a long, long time. He's only just turned 23 in June, of course, and Liverpool uh, have invested a large sum of money in him. He can eventually become the all-time uh, record fee at Liverpool at £85 million. He signed for an initial 64 from Benfica in, uh, in June, and uh, he's quickly going about... Um, you know, fulfilling that feat in full. He's got a long way to go yet, but um, give you an idea of how he has settled. After 15 appearances, he's uh, got the same amount of goals as Fernando Torres. He scored more than Luis Suarez, Michael Owen, Sadio Mane. Um, the only ones who've scored more than him in the Premier League era are Robbie Fowler and, uh, of course, Mohamed Salah. So that shows you just the kind of impact that Nunes is having already in a short time at Liverpool. And this is before he's even got anywhere near top speed. So... We're going to be looking forward to him over the coming years and the coming months. 
Uh, but it's finished here. Um, Liverpool uh, getting back to winning ways after uh, a disappointing uh, defeat to Leeds here on uh, Saturday night. Um, if the you know, Premier League's a little bit of a conundrum for Liverpool at the moment, the Champions League is less so. They were beaten in Naples uh, in early September, but since then it's a perfect record. And they go through, not as group winners, but certainly um, getting back a measure of revenge against the team who are one of Europe's high flyers at the moment, aren't they, Napoli? So it's finished here at Anfield. Liverpool 2, Napoli 0. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, uh, Jürgen, a good night. What reaction did you see from your players this evening? The reaction I wanted to see... Um, we all agreed on that we have to um, show a reaction and um, we did, we did in a very difficult game against a really good opponent, we, we were compact and so it was never easy for Napoli to play out in all the, in all the moments and you see a football playing side in, the, in all moments when they could um, play out saw immediately how good they are in one-on-one situations um, and collectively as well. So, but we we did really well. So we, how is that? We we kept the, the the spaces small, and all of a sudden we found challenges. All of a sudden we have the challenges, and we can win challenges. The distance was there. A lot of good counter-pressing moments, good football moments. Second half after the um, the disallowed goal for Napoli got a bit hectic. I understand, like. Everyone is now really um, uh, up to speed, and um, then we we lost a little bit, and too many situations. Then for Napoli in counter attacks, and we were not compact enough anymore. And then all of a sudden they they, they had more moments. Could calm that down a little bit again, and then um, um, score two really nice goals, which where we showed as well the right determination. We were there for the rebounds and finished it off and won the game. Very good. You always look to carry a threat again this evening, but when you've got someone like Darwin Nunes to bring off the bench, talk to us a little bit about the impact he made, because that was a great header, obviously, that led to Mo's goal, and then he is picking up the pieces from Virgil's header as well. Yeah, absolutely good. So, we, we always said, in, in these games, it's uh, for us, was obviously not a game for massive rotation or whatever, because of the situation. But a little bit we had to, and that's why we didn't start all three, um, because we have to see... How you get through a game, and I thought Curtis did really well on a on a on a unfamiliar position for him. Did really well, um, was involved in the game, and then when you can then bring on a fresh player with the quality of Darwin is very helpful. So I'm really happy about that. Just finally, for me, Jurgen. Obviously, one of the things that you would have wanted to get through tonight would have been without injuries again. James Milner had a cracking first half, but then obviously a minute into the second, then you lose him to an injury. Just how serious does it look? Don't know. Don't know. He seems seem to be fine now, but um, we have to probably do further checks. I assume. Thank you. Welcome. Any more? Yeah, you've, you've beaten now two of the best teams in Europe in the city. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. And that's for him. Makes sense. Jürgen, you've beaten two of the best teams in Europe, in City and Napoli. Yeah. What does that tell you about the quality <laughs> of this team, your team, yeah, despite the difficulties this season? No, we don't doubt the quality. I don't, any, don't think anybody doubts the quality, but that's a little bit of the, that's part of the problem as well. So we don't show a consistency. Um, that's why I, I, I mentioned the, the second goal against um, Leeds as an, as an example for our situation. So it's a situation where you have to defend with all you have. But we are chasing the game even when it's like around our 18-yard box. And you can see no player really, so like nobody wants to have a throw-in for Leeds, then they can let the run time um, um, running down. and. Nobody protects the, the box pretty much because everybody thinks we have three players out there, we will win the ball. So that's a little bit the situation we are in. We can, we have to, that's where we have to make a, a proper step back and tonight we did that. Um, to, to be really, when we, def when we defend, we defend with all we have. What we did tonight, we were really compact, really close, in the, um, close to the challenges and in the challenges we showed the determination we have to show. Um, and. We are Liverpool top team. We, nobody forgot what we did last year. The boys didn't forget that, but it's now not important really. So it's now important that we, I know people might get sick of it when I say it, but we, we really have to fight through. And in that moment, then the, the football has a good chance to come back as well, the, the, the real football, what we can play and all these kind of things. But we showed tonight everything. We showed um, um, pieces of um, really, really, really good football and, and, and the, 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 the offensive stuff was on high level. You cannot, you said it right, Napoli is in the moment a real force, really. Um, and so it could have been extremely difficult for us tonight, but the boys played a really good game and that's why it was not. So, yeah, again, consistency, stability is what we need to get tonight. Um, we will take the right conclusions out of this game, even when the next one will be a completely different game for different reasons. But, um, yeah, we will pick the take the good stuff out of this game and, and then start the next fight against them. The gentleman with the glasses, but if you could just wait for the microphone. <laughs> you don't have anybody to, to pass the microphone. No. You could do that. <laughs> Buonasera, mister. Congratulazioni per la vittoria. Thank you. Era maricato per essere finito alle spalle del Napoli nella classifica the fact finale, that you ended up finishing second in the group or are you satisfied um, given um, how well both teams have played thus far in the group stage that you've both gone through yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I don't i don't regret tonight anything that we that we didn't go for the third and the fourth goal so no um that's not the case we had uh, the worst possible start into this group um with a very bad game against Napoli. Maybe we helped Napoli a little bit um, with our performance that they got all the confidence they need and show now in the league in Italy. Um, I don't know, it's the third time I think we have the, the last game against Napoli, if I'm right, in the group stage. So you, usually our situation was different. We needed a point or had to win or whatever. And both times it worked out for us. Tonight it worked out as well. But Napoli deserves the first place in the group. No regrets. Jan with the camera.
Um, what did you make of the battle between Trent and Kvaric Galia? Oh, he's a good player. Both are good players, so it's a really difficult one in the way. Um, I thought, I know we are, people will talk about um, one or two situations when, when, when Trent tried to be in front of him and the ball goes through and he's, uh, he's really good, the boy. So, and um, really quick and you have, to, you have to defend him then together in these moments. When he has the advantage of the first movement, then he's already gone. Um, you have to try to be there in the moment when the ball arrives. If you cannot do that, you need to be protected because um, he has speed, he is cheeky, he goes inside, he goes, can go outside. That makes it always really difficult. Good player. And I thought Trent played a really good game against him, was really on fire, was really in. Didn't get frustrated by one or two situations where he was second best, stayed in the game and was, um, how I said, I like Trent's game tonight. You ended uh, Man City and Napoli's unbeaten run. Would you take PSG in the knockout rounds? <laughs> um, yeah, that's obviously not. Uh, we are not in dreamland. Uh, we, oh, I know, um, and I couldn't care in a moment really. Um, we will. Is it when is the draw? November seventh, Monday. 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 Yeah. Okay. I can wait until Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Jack at the very back. Yeah, and you obviously went back to a 4 3 3 system tonight. What was the force behind that? And is that something that you would want to look to move back towards long term, given that it's the formation you play for the majority of your time here? Yeah, it's the system we played most often. It's a system which is familiar to us. When we played well, then you can, we can defend really well in that system. We didn't do that. That's why um, that, that often when we played it recently. Uh, that's why we had to, to change a couple of things to give the boys a few new things to think about, a few new informations, all these kind of things. And that's, um, it's of course always on the table for us. It doesn't mean we will play it from now on all the time. Um, Darwin came on and, and, and especially offensively it's not a problem. Obviously there's, there's no difference to, to, um, to a diamond really. Um, but defensively is a big difference and we have just to, to figure out what is best for us when when when, when, when which players are playing um, I thought Curtis did extremely well to be honest he did, did really well we have Fabio who can play there maybe as well as in the league Oxley is now free for the league as well so we have a couple of players who can play that um, yeah but uh, no decision made it, it we will see what we do against Tottenham but it is, was never off the table this system it was just that we had to um, to change a little bit, to give ourselves a new impulse, and to to feel the defending stuff again in a in a new way. So that's sometimes how it works. And we, we had good games in, in in the other system, especially in the Champions League as well, uh, where we we played really well in the four four two, for example. Um, yeah, but that's the only positive thing what happened so far in the season that we played and won in different systems. Not often enough, but at least a couple of times. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. Good result for Liverpool today in the Champions League against Napoli, who I believe are a very good side. And Liverpool have obviously had two catastrophic results over the last three week, uh, the last few weeks with Nottingham Forest and obviously Leeds United losing the unbeaten home record that they've had in front of supporters since 2017, which had to be a massive blow to the side. And given the monopoly task in terms of the Premier League, in terms of finishing in the top four, not only amassing an amount of points, but amassing an amount of the points that they can learn leapfrog multiple sides in the same vicinity. And one thing that's really worried me about Liverpool over the last few weeks was the shift away from their beliefs, the philosophy of the 4 3 3 system. And I always believe that Kloppard's envisaged sticking with that system when he brought in Darwin Nunes and I'd like to think that he still has that belief in Darwin Nunes and has seen enough to, to suggest that albeit being a different player to Firmino then the combinations in the attack and third can be tailored to fit him into that system and still get the fluency of Liverpool from back to front that would allow them to start to, to resemble the team we've we've seen in the past. However, it does seem, amongst other things, we know obviously Liverpool have had defensive issues, they've had attacking issues, etc., etc. It does seem that one of the the reasons for the change, if you like, is the Klopp hasn't been solely convinced as, uh, about Darwin Nunes as a, a lone forward. Obviously, we've seen today for me, you know, against starting as the as the the central player in the three man attack. And I don't think it's any coincidence. There's definitely a hesitancy to play Nunes in that role. And listen, he is a player who's got a very different skill set, as I've just said. The two for me, you know, we don't have to, you know, mention what them things are. I think they they're clear to everybody. But what massively worried me was the way Liverpool have gone about it in recent weeks to to be able to to change and potentially one of the main reasons for that is to get a two man attack in which Darwin Nunes can then function. And for me, a change to a, a 4-4-2, a flat 4-4-2 or a 4-4-2 diamond was never the way I envisaged Liverpool would best give themselves a platform to attack the season or that I've seen it being a long-term solution for the side uh, to prosper. And I never believed that Klopp is a short-term manager, so the fact that he, he went to that to try and extract the most out of his players. I just think it, it puts an element of doubt, a seed of doubt in the player's mind and it's not conducive to long-term success. So that would be my first point of view. I think, obviously, before Luis Diaz and, and Diogo Giotta got injured, you could see maybe the thought process in that because he had players who were comfortable playing in them wide areas who could interchange with Salah as, as free options to play either side in the flat 4-4-2, four, 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 with obviously one of the three then being able to operate as part of the front two. And there was some logic to that, I suppose. But the moment then two players were injured, and we've seen the likes of Fabio Cavallo, Harvey Elliott, even Curtis Jones, you know, operating in them wider areas in a flat 4-4-2, four, four, that was never the most conducive to get the best out of Liverpool's profiles that were left after them injuries. You know, the last thing you want is players operating in areas where they're not elite, where they don't have the skill set to be able to 
eliminate players 1v1 to stretch the pits, all the kind of things that, you know, the mobility that you would need for players in that area. Now, you may be able to get away with one player who looks likes to come in field and come towards the ball in a flat 4-4-2, but certainly not two players because you have to generate some 1v1 threat and some width when you're accumulating attacks or, or combat combining an attacks. You have to have the different skill set. So one of Klopp's great things during his reign has been able to position players in the best possible areas of the field to extract the maximum out of the potential, you know, with a, a, a mix of players who want to come towards the ball, come away from the ball, offer a threat 1v1. That's what's been so brilliant. And then off the ball, of course, having players in the correct areas to have the athleticism to cover different areas. <coughs> Different areas, be balanced players, support teammates, be able to allow players to almost cheat in positions because they have athletic teammates behind them who can do the hard yards for them. And what I've seen from Liverpool when they switched to these systems was just alien to me. I didn't know what Liverpool were trying to achieve. I didn't see how it suited the profile of the players after the injuries. And it was a hard watch and so it proved in the results. And not only results, the actual numbers were... You know, opportunities given up, chances created. Again, it wasn't spelling out Liverpool to be a team who were dominant in a fixture. And that's, you know, if you're going to change your philosophy, you're going to change your shape, then it has to show up in the numbers because it gives you a good indication of how a team's progressing, what the change has done to potentially extract win, wins out of this team. And it, it, again, it was just a flip of the coin if Liverpool were going to win the game. So I just didn't think it could, could continue. Now tonight, obviously, Liverpool have gone in with a, a more remindable 4-3-3 system. Obviously, we had the normal Firmino up the top end of the pitch. We had Salah off the right and obviously Curtis Jones, obviously a different profile to so normally played in that position. But... You know, like I mentioned before, you can have one player come towards the ball in that role, as Coutinho did for the spell at Liverpool. And Liverpool, what Liverpool did do in this particular game, again, helped by Ibrahim Akanati being able to manage physically against opposition attackers, which hasn't always been the case for Joe Gomez in recent weeks. Liverpool had a, a platform to go on and win the game with good discipline and organisation. And obviously we were able to win the game with aerial balls into the penalty area, which, which ended up being the, the decisive factor. So I would like to see Liverpool persevere with the 4-3-3 system. I, I do believe it's it's the way forward for them to get back. I don't think any of the changes in terms of the narrow, the narrow flat 4-4-2 or the 4-4-2 diamond have worked. One thing I would say is that when Liverpool have got a full complement of centre-halves available to them, I do believe that I would like to see a 4 uh, a three-five-two system implemented if they are going to try something different. That would allow your full-backs to act as wing-backs. We know both players probably will be comfortable in them areas. I know they'll be receiving slightly higher at times, but that shouldn't be that much of an issue. It allows them freedom of having a player to cover the width of the pitch in the back three to be able to cover them situations. Obviously, it allows Liverpool to get an extra centre-half on the pitch and Liverpool have very capable centre-halves, no matter. I know Joe Gomez hasn't play, been playing fantastically and would be fourth choice in that area, but would still allow that that possibility because I do believe for all the, the trials and tribulations he's having, I still do believe he's a very good centre-half and, and would be adept at filling them wide areas in, in a three. It allows you then to have a, a two-man <coughs> pivot in midfield and then you could shape the attack how you like, whether it be with a three or a one and a two ahead. 
however you would like. If it, if he feel felt that Darwin Nunes would be better than a two, then then he could obviously play play with one one in behind. So there would be options, and they would be more favourable options for me than what we've seen in terms of the back fours that we used in the trial systems to try and change Liverpool's fortunes. One thing I would say, I don't think this is highly likely, however, because Klopp has never been a bit massive fan of a, a free man defence, especially not over the, in any kind of long term. But the key alas for me with Darwin Nunes because will Klopp see him as a player who's able to play as the central striker in that front three? He wasn't selected again tonight, which gives you some indication, although we had a massive, massive impact from the bench again. And no matter how untidy he looks, no matter how... I would say, without consistency as all-round game looks, there's no doubt at this moment in time there's very few players in Europe minutes who are able to affect the outcome of games as much or generate as many chances. So I do believe you'd have to find a way to give him a run in the side and see just what kind of ability and what level he can potentially reach, whether that affects then the makeup of how Klopp sees the team in the attacking third then the only way for me would be to play a back three. I just would not want to go and see that four-man back line if he feels the only option is to get him in as part of a front two. So it'll be really interesting for me. One thing I would say is I hope that it can be tailored so he can fit in as part of, of a three or a two to allow Liverpool to have more options. And I think if he doesn't see him as part of that central striker in a three, I think it says a lot of what he's seen over the over the, the weeks and months since Nunes has arrived, mostly in training, because I have no doubt that that is the position he would have handpicked him for in the long term at Liverpool when he first bought him to fit into what he believed was what had brought Liverpool, the formation that brought Liverpool all the success and, and what I would believe he wanted to carry on. So interesting times anyway, but a good victory today in what has been a really testing time. Mike Holt with my review on Liverpool 2, Napoli 0. Doesn't see us top the group, but who's, you know, who's arsed after that? We just wanted to see a good, solid performance. Um, and, and to be honest, even the result I wasn't too fussed about, but, you know, you can't, you can't not be happy with that result. That performance, um, especially second half, thought we were really good value for the win. Um, Napoli are a good team. They've got some fantastic players. They are the most informed team in Europe at the moment. Um, got some great individuals you know they did score and it was ruled for offside I think if that had gone in it would have swung the game but fair play to the Reds because they held their own they got themselves they got themselves up for it today which I as a fan and I believe we all will can just take take some positivity from that Um, to be honest I was going into this game thinking just rotate you know give people like Calvin Ramsey and uh, and the likes of him, Curtis Jones obviously did start, but people like them a, a chance to play, and you know we did shake up a few different things um, in midfield and up, and up top slightly, um, and obviously bringing those sort of lads off the bench towards the end was a nice touch, nice that they could be part of it. Um, my only slight worry, and I don't want to be negative after a really great performance and a great result, is how you know. Will will this will this beat make us look tired on Sunday against Spurs? They've obviously Spurs have just got a last minute winner there. Um, you know, will that will that tire them out? You know, you, you just don't know. But 
I think I'll feel a lot better about this result after the Spurs game on Sunday, to be honest. Um, but like I say, it's on tonight. You know, first half, I thought we were, we were okay. We didn't really create much, but we didn't really give anything away, if that makes sense. Um, there was nothing stupid that we were giving away. But like I say, going the other way, we didn't, we didn't create much. Um, second half, we started to do that a little bit more. Curtis Jones got a little bit more confident on the ball. Um, sometimes it, I, my only criticism of him is would be that sometimes it looks like he's ball watching. Um, he was playing, he, he was sort of playing that number ten, wasn't he? But then he was sort of going onto the left hand side and playing as a winger. And sometimes I would just like him to maybe in that position make a run, make a midfielder's mind up for him, um, and slip a ball through. But he was dropping off quite deep, and I think that sort of hindered his. And hindered him coming in and out of the game a bit. Um, Firmino was quite quiet, to be honest. Um, he was in and out. Uh, Salah, I thought, was really good. Encouraging to see um, that he, he was active throughout. He was making good runs. He was taking the full back on, which we haven't seen much this season. Uh, midfield, Fabinho, yeah, he was okay. I think he was quite lucky to... To maybe not get a yellow card in that game, or if he did get a yellow, he was quite lucky not to get sent off because he made quite a few reckless challenges in that first half. Um, Thiago was good, good in spells. Um, he's just, he's just, you know, that's probably a good game for him actually. Um, that's probably a game you want Thiago to play in. Um, and, and the back four, like, like I said, we we didn't give too much away, which to a team in Napoli that was have been scoring goals for fun. Um, you know, they could have took the foot off the, the gas a little bit, but I, I thought we were quite good defensively. We didn't give too much away. Trent didn't offer too much going forward, but he was good defensively, which was, I think that'll do his confidence a world of good. Simicast, I thought Simicast was man of the match. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, he, he's tenacious. Um, his crossing was good. I actually think his crossing's been better than Robertson's this season when they've when they've both been compared to each other's performances. Um, Canate looked good. Um, he was bringing the ball out from the back almost like a Joel Matip um, reincarnated. Um, Van Dyke Van Dyke looked angry and I liked that he, against uh, Osherman. He, he looked like he was he was relishing the challenge, uh, and I was really happy to see that. Um, so no, really good result, really good performance, especially second half. Um, it's just really encouraging and, you know, the only thing, it's annoying because we've been here, haven't we, you know, almost like the bipolar Reds now, aren't we? Go and win in Europe and then the league form doesn't carry the same, but I suppose I'm a bit confident that, you know, Spurs have had to go away to Marseille, you know, hopefully that win just took took the wind out of their sails a little bit and I think Son went off with an injury there as well, which, you know, you don't want to see players get injured, but if it's going to benefit Liverpool Football Club, you know, Especially the hard luck we've had this season, then you know who's asked. But um, yeah, roll on Sunday. It's going to be an interesting one. I'm not too sure what to expect. Um, hopefully that Nunes starts. You know, look how much of a difference he made when he came off the bench. There, the the, the lad's just mad. He's 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 just a, as mad as a he's mad as a, a box of frogs. And he's just he's crackers. But I, I love him for it. Roll on Sunday and up the heads. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.